Welcome to It's Better Here, the official podcast of the Producers Co-op. Whether you are out in the yard, the field, the pasture, or the barn, we have everything you need. It's Better Here. Welcome to the show. That is right. It is better here. It's always better here, right, Mandy Joe? Definitely. We're on episode 13 or 14. I don't know. Mandy Joe is just shocked because I'm actually wearing a new shirt. Uh, <laughs> she's seen them all like four times. So, uh, hey, had a great time out. I wasn't out there. I was watching via Zoom. Our good buddies out at Marion High School. I'm sure you know about this. The Issues presentation. I went out there and watched that. Mr. Riley and his crew put on a great mock trial arguing the benefits and detriments of lab-grown meat, nasty, versus the good old-fashioned ranched meat. It was really very entertaining, and I enjoyed it so much, I told him to send me the seven names of the people, so we're going to let our guest, she's going to pick the winners. And so if you just pick a number between one and seven, one of the young kids is going to get a nice gift card to Whataburger or something fun like that. So one through seven. How about number five? One, two, three, four, five. Ava Harbaugh. All right, congratulations, Ava. Ava was the lead lawyer for the homegrown meat, not the lab-grown meat. So good for you, Ava. We'll get you a Whataburger gift card. I will get that to you through Mr. Riley, okay? Uh, We'll contact him. Hey, today we're talking about something very important, speaking about farming and ranching. Yes, we're going to talk about Proposition 1 today. This is one of those ones where I'm not going to be the expert. So we found one um, from Texas Farm Bureau. I'm excited to have her. It's really pertinent information right now and really important to what we do and all of our customers here at the co-op. And so we're going to be going to our guest right after the break, Emily Trelisa. Did I say it right that time? Okay, very good. That was take two. Yes, I had to edit that one out, which I never have to do. And we're going to do it all right after this. This is State Senator Dr. Donna Campbell. Hi, Jason. It's great to be with you on your show today, and what an opportune time to talk about Proposition 1 since early voting is going on right now. Proposition 1 is to provide necessary protection for our state's agricultural operations. It gives farmers and ranchers the private property rights that's afforded to them by the founders of our Constitution. We don't need big government coming in and trying to impose restrictions on what we grow or animals that we raise. You know, in Texas, we have an increase in population, and with that comes the city's desire to over-regulate. You hear some opponents of Proposition 1 say, we don't need this. Texas will always support farmers. And while I pray that's the case, by passing Proposition 1, we make it all the more difficult for any potential future legislators to come in and apply restrictions on farmers and ranchers. We need to make sure that we support not only the big farms and ranches, but also small property owners that just want to grow their fruits and vegetables and maybe raise some farm animals. Together, we will keep Texas strong because there's not another Texas to move to. Vote Prop 1. Hey, thank you, Senator and Dr. Donna Campbell. That's two doctors we've had on the show. We had Dr. Your professor. Hey, congratulations <laughs> to your friend. Yes, Lonnie and the wool judge, our meat judging team up at WT won their recent contest, and they're going to the national contest in the next two weeks. So hey. good luck to the Buffaloes Go Buffs. Absolutely, absolutely. We had two doctors on, so we're really raising the IQ level. Because <laughs> I brought it down here in the setup just a minute ago, <laughs> but I'm the one that has to do the editing. So anyway, well, first of all, Emily, thank you for being here, and thank you, Senator Campbell, for sending that over. I did not even know about 
any of this. I lived in Texas all my life, and I just thought, of course you can ranch, and of course you can farm. So tell us why this is so important. Well, thank you. Um, it's great to be here. And that is the question that I get the most. We live in Texas. Everyone assumes that we just have the right to farm and ranch because that's who we are. Even my own mom, I was talking to her on the phone, realized I hadn't talked to her about it, and she said, why on earth would we need a constitutional amendment? And the answer is, if you haven't noticed, Texas is growing, growing very rapidly, and especially in the areas on the I-35 corridor and down around Houston. So the more people that move into Texas, the more and more farmers and ranchers become the minority. Across the nation, less than 2% of the population actually produce our food and fiber for the whole world. And so we're getting where that is less and less. And not only are there fewer people, but there's less land for them to do it on. So as people move into these areas, sometimes they're wanting to change the landscape or change things to fit them rather than the way things have been. And it's really about food security. If we don't protect our farmers and ranchers, then we're going to have to get our food and our fiber from other places. And that is not something any of us want to do. Right, Emily, as a someone who grew up on a small family farm, this seems extra beneficial to some, you know, these producers in small towns who are running, you know, less than 100 head or farming less than 100 acres. How does this affect farmers versus people not involved in agriculture? Well, really it's going to affect everyone because obviously all of us eat and we wear clothes, so we need agriculture. But it's going to affect farmers and ranchers and producers of every size. Whether you have backyard chickens, you have a one acre vegetable patch, or you have 32 sections out in West Texas. It's gonna protect everyone because it's going to allow us to do what we do. They call it generally accepted practices. And so what we do on the land and how we raise our animals is gonna be what we're allowed to do. You know, as I mentioned, when we talk about this a lot on the show, when I moved to New Braunfels, my, my backyard ended and a cow pasture began. I told Mandy, I even built this little step so I could get up and talk to the cows and wave at the cows, and now it's gone. Yes. It's Dove Crossing, and there's 400 homes in there. Of course, everyone needs to eat, everyone needs to have clothing in Dove Crossing, and it seems like every time I see a new subdivision, it's where a farm used to be. And so you're absolutely right about the population growth. I, get, I think as just a person that buys the food at the grocery store versus ranches it, um, do you have some examples of where this has happened, where people have taken over farm and, and didn't and sort of appropriated the land for commercial or suburban use? Yes, um, we can see it, of course, like you said, out your back door. I live in New Braunfels, so I see it myself. But the problem has become, well, twofold. First of all, when cities are start taking over land that has been agriculture, some cities started to have ordinances that honestly were ridiculous. Um, there was a farmer up around the Metroplex and he got a letter in the mail saying that he had to cut his grass because it was too tall and they have a city ordinance that your grass had to be a certain length. Well, he told them it's not grass and it's not my yard. And they sent another message saying, if you don't cut it, we'll cut it for you. They did, they came out and cut his Sudan grass and they sent him a bill. And his hay, obviously we know it's hay, his hay wasn't ready yet and so he not only lost his crop, he had to fight them to not pay that bill. And that's one of the big problems is the smaller farmers and ranchers especially, if they get taken to court by the city or some other group, a lot of times we don't have the resources to fight it. So that was just one example in the Metroplex. Um, another one, a man had cut his hay. They told him he had to have his hay off of the field within 48 hours. And the reasoning behind that was that if you leave your hay in the field, 
It could possibly attract rodents. Rodents can spread disease like the bubonic plague. Well, yeah. So those are ridiculous. Um, but I have to tell you my favorite and most ridiculous example. This one blows me away, and every time people say, are you sure that's true? And I promise you it's true. There was another city in the Metroplex area, but not a big city, and they actually passed an ordinance that if you have livestock that are going to mate, they must do it behind an enclosure so that the public <laughs> cannot view. My goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. No tell motels for your cattle. Yeah. Yes, because as Mandy Jo knows, they're always very discreet about that out <laughs> yes. in the uh, pasture, correct? Yes, for sure. So these are just crazy things that are happening in San Antonio. I should, I'm not supposed to say the names of the cities, but that's okay. Um, we all know where it's at. He was harvesting corn, and a police officer stopped him and told him that what he was doing was not legal, and he had to stop because he was making too much dust. Well, I mean, it's just, it, people don't understand what we do. Right. So all of this is very crazy. common sense to us and seems like normal practices. And the most obvious thing to do is to allow people to farm and ranch. But obviously there's opposition to this. What is the opposition and what does that look like? So surprisingly, some of the opposition is coming from places and from groups that sound like they have agriculture's best interest at heart. Um, and a lot of times what they're saying is, that it's going to harm small farms and ranches, which is absolutely not the truth. This protects everyone, no matter the size, and honestly helps the small guy even more than the big guys because, like we talked about, it's just so expensive to try to fight those battles. Um, the other opposition is coming from places like HSUS, the Humane Society of the US. They are an activist group. Um, they are not the people that take care of your dogs and cats. They have nothing to do with local humane societies. I put the old zipper on my lip there because I said, yeah, so this is not a political show. I was looking for Buddy. I thought he was going to say something when he brought up the Humane Society. But he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, but it is, you know, I, we talk about this. I guess it's not a political show. And, and the caveat I always give is I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what kind of beer you drink or don't drink. In the next 10 days or so, you're going to need to eat something. Yeah. And I absolutely do. I see the people. It's not just the Humane Society. There's other groups that are out there that associate animal husbandry with cruel and unusual practices, which you both know it's typically yes. not. I think they take a look at the amount of land that farmers use, and they feel there's something inequitable about that. And so I, I think it's important. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that I know anything about this. And I've always said that we should have a national day to recognize farmers and ranchers, the great irony being the farmers and ranchers would not be able to take it off. <laughs> farmers and ranchers don't have a lot of time to go out and advocate. They don't have a lot of time to write letters to their congressmen. They don't have a lot of time to visit Capitol Hill. And so it sounds like you do a lot of advocating for them. Tell us about that and the role of the Farm Bureau and all of that. Well, thank you. We definitely do. Um, Texas Farm Bureau is the largest nonprofit agriculture organization in the state, and we have over 550,000 member families. And if you consider two people per family, then and there's more than that, we're over a million people strong. Um, when something is going through the legislature or something in Congress that affects agriculture, uh, we do have people paid on staff that can lobby for those things. However, everything we do is grassroots, so it has to be in what we call our policy book which means it started out at a county level and it works its way all the way up and then we can actually fight for it and that's what happened with this. We had people in counties that were having problems. They came to us and said, we need help. Um, so we do that. We also, I got to take a couple of trips that they got to. Austin's not my favorite place to visit, but uh, I was able to take local farmers and ranchers with me and to me that is so much fun to be able to walk around the Capitol with them, walk into these offices. We spoke to every single senator and every 
rep about this and told them the importance of it. And the effect was they voted unanimously for this. And to me, that says it's really important. If you can get all the Democrats, all the Republicans, I can't think of another issue where that would right? be the case. <laughs> they all voted, yes. Oh, well, that was a completely unscripted question, me making up for my stepping on the intro the way I did <laughs> earlier in the show. Yeah, so, you know, you mentioned the progress so far. You know, we're recording this in the middle of early voting going into Election Day. So give us an update on the progress so far and what happens from here and what the timeline looks like going forward. It's hard for us to know exactly where we stand right now. Um, what I keep telling people is, number one, you have to go vote, and you have to tell others to go vote. There's not a whole lot on the ballot right now besides these propositions, and there's a lot of important propositions that people really need to look at. But our main goal right now is to get the vote out, because in places like Houston, we're not sure that people in Houston, Texas might vote the way that we would like them to on agriculture, and they have a huge mayoral race going on. So they're expecting a lot of turnout in Houston because of this mayoral race. Well, if they all go and vote and they don't know anything about this or know about agriculture, then we could be in trouble. So we're trying to get people to get out and vote and tell all of their friends and neighbors to vote too because um, it's just not a well-known topic, honestly. Well, and it surprises me. I had never heard of it before this week. <laughs> well, what surprises me, one of my coworkers works in a more urban area than I do, um, and he has spoken in front of groups like PETA um, and others that usually don't agree with us a whole lot, and the thing that really kind of scared us was they knew what this was. Of course they do. They've been talking about it since April. They know what it is, and so if they're going to get the vote out, we're going to have to counteract that, and this actually went on the ballot in Oklahoma, and when it went on the ballot in Oklahoma, it was defeated, and that is scary. That is scary. Because Oklahoma's more rural. Next door neighbor, yeah. Yes. And you figure, I hadn't thought of it this way, and, and I just heard someone say this this week, but if you're thinking about these activist groups that will actually tell you their goal is to shut down animal agriculture. Yes, they do. So if they're, if they won in Oklahoma, that's, you know, that's a pretty good thing, right? But if they win in Texas, talk about a badge for them. I mean, that is huge for them and a big feather in their cap, and, and we don't want to give them that. No, 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 we don't, because uh, you mentioned something. I had not even thought about that. When you look at a lot of the elections, especially in recent years, you see that the rural areas are actually being governed based upon the votes of the cities, which are disproportionately often a different type of person. There are not a lot of farmers living on Broadway and Alamo Heights. I've never seen cows grazing <laughs> in Alamo Heights. Have you? Or in the woodlands or any places like this or down on 6th Street. And so you're right. Absolutely right. And, you know, you can have 3 million votes cast in Houston, which completely overwhelmed the areas around Texas A&M and College Station and Schulenburg and all those areas down in that part of the state. So I was so very glad to find out about this. I will be voting for it. I'm sure Mandy Jo may have already voted because she's a lot more responsible than I am. And uh, when is Election Day? Election Day is November 7th. So we definitely want to go vote then. And, and to make your point, um, I know we're probably running out of time, but just so you know, in Houston, in Harris County, there are more representatives than all of West of 35. Oh, wow. Wow. So if we don't get this in the Constitution, every two years we're going to have to fight this battle, and the battle's going to get harder every time. Well, I appreciate everything you're doing. I'm glad we could have a platform for it here on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here on the It's Better Here podcast. Wow, Mandy Joe, that's a big topic. I mean, I know we talk about a lot of stuff on this show, but had you told me that this would be defeated in Oklahoma, I wouldn't have believed you. 
Yeah, this is a big deal. It's kind of slid under a lot of people's radar, so for sure wanted to get it out here. You know, we can have this podcast every month and talk about all the great things that farmers and ranchers are doing in the area, but if we don't make votes to support them, it's all for nothing. Yeah, as I mentioned when, I was ta- when we were talking to Emily, you grew up on a, a ranch. It's everyday work. I mean, it's not like you have a lot of time to go out and advocate for yourself. To me, that's one of the toughest things about farming and ranching. You just don't have the time or often the resources to advocate for yourself because you're sitting around waiting for it to rain. You're, you've got to do all the stuff that you have to do every single day. And so it sure is good to have groups like the Texas Farm Bureau out there advocating on behalf of our wonderful farmers and ranchers. Absolutely. Just think about how frustrating it might be to be feeding America and also fighting to feed America. So no, no kidding. Happy these guys at Farm Bureau and all the other organizations that support farmers and ranchers. And I think the people at PETA sometimes forget that even a vegetarian meal has to be grown somewhere, okay? Yeah. And so it is, and you, we see them in leather shoes. Anyway, so that's just the way it is. Hey, I'm going to figure out what episode this is so I can title the show correctly. Thank you so much for listening to the It's Better Here podcast. My name is Jason Dias. Her name is Mandy Joe. And until next we speak, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. And remember, visit us in the stores online. Sign up for the newsletter and follow us on social media. No matter where you are, it's better here. It's waking up in the pitch black, coffee in the cup at the door before the dawn cracks. A quick prayer in the barn, Lord, we sure could use some rain. Climb on up in the tractor, take a hundred laps, wake the kids up after. Get a quick kiss from your baby. Then it's time to start the day. Giving all you got to give. Going ten steps farther. It's a dust cat coverall that you put on like honor. The days are long, the work is hard. Joe Callahan's harder. The only thing tougher than farm is a farmer. And a very special thanks to everybody at the Texas Farm Bureau.